Hello and welcome to the GM Cancer Podcast. I'm Steve Bland and this is the podcast that takes you inside cancer services right here in Greater Manchester. This is the second in our series of four episodes looking at the work going on in Greater Manchester uh, to support and develop the cancer workforce. And in this episode, we're talking about the role of the cancer clinical nurse specialist, which is a really key role in supporting and guiding patients. Uh, GM Cancer last year uh, started the National Cancer Clinical Nurse Specialist Day, and it's been adopted right across the country. It's taking place at the end of April this year. Um, and with me to discuss all this, I have Hayley Turner. Hello, Hayley. You are a CNS. I am. Welcome. Thank you for having me. We're going to call them CNSs from now on. It's a bit of a mouthful, right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hayley, you're a CNS. Lindsay Turner, you're an aspiring CNS. I am indeed, yes. And Caroline Mattinson, you are a patient who has had the benefit of a CNS. Absolutely, yes, I did. And we'll get to your story in a moment. A little later on, we'll also be joined by Claire Clarkson, who is the GM Cancer Project Manager, and by Mark Folks, who can tell us all about the Ascend programme. He's also the president of the UK Oncology Nursing Society. So, Hayley, why don't we start uh, with you? Just tell us a little bit about what a CNS is and what your role is. So I think for me, a CNS is about being an advocate for your patients. It's about getting them where they need to be. Um, sometimes it's about being a bit forthright in getting them where you feel they need to be and being their voice. Um, also about being there, I suppose, supporting them through this journey um, and having them difficult conversations with them in the most sensitive way that you possibly can. So where do you actually work and what, you know, let's get right down to the nitty gritty of, you know, your day-to-day job. What is it that you do and, and where do you work? And, and all so that I work at Stepping Hill in Stockport and my tumour group is HPB, which is any cancers relating to the liver, the gallbladder or the pancreas. Um, our patients have quite a poor prognosis. It can be quite complex, so it's important for us as a CNS that we are, I don't know, alerted or identified these patients to us as quickly as possible so that we can we can ensure that things get moving as quickly as possible for them. Um, let's talk about your journey to becoming a CNS. Uh, what did that look like? So I suppose for me, um, it started out in my, initially, my third year of nurse training my dad got very poorly very quickly. He was diagnosed with lung cancer and within six weeks he passed away. But during that time he was in and out of hospital, um, didn't have the best experience. Uh, we were told by nursing staff that he wasn't a priority and that hit me in two ways, in the, both from a personal perspective and a professional perspective. You know, Personally I was like, well, his priority is my dad, but personally, as a nurse, I was very, I was very taken aback with that attitude and sense that well, all patients should be a priority. And I don't think it's until I've gone in this role that I, I realise how much that, that experience has affected me to, um, to want to make sure that patients in that in that sense have a better experience and a better journey. So I went on. I qualified. Um, I qualified and I got a job on the gastro ward, uh, developed into the ward sister there. Uh, we tended to get a lot of the um, 
cancers in the, in my area um, were diagnosed on our ward. Um, so we had quite a lot of involvement from the HPB nurse at that time. And then a vacancy become available and she recognised my values, my skill set and encouraged me to go on and apply uh, for the job. And it's just spiralled from there, really. We know we know so many people are affected by cancer. One in two of us will get it, and we all know the stats. Do you think that having that own personal experience, like, has really made you a better, a better nurse, a better CNS? Absolutely, and I think I don't, I don't think how it can have an effect on you, both personally and professionally, but all the way through my career. And it's only when I've been reflecting about this um, podcast that it's made me realise how much of an effect my dad's experience had um, in the sense that it was very poor and throughout my career I've always tried to make sure that all of my patients are priority but in terms of cancer patients I've always tried my hardest to make sure that they had the best possible care, um, sensitive conversations were taking place, that they were well informed um, and that they felt supported and I I feel that that has put me through good stead in order to be to be a good CNS. Uh, Lindsay, let's let's bring you in here because you're an aspiring CNS. You're part of an aspiring CNS working group. Um, what do you do now, and what is it about being a, C- a CNS that you you know that that's where you want to be? What is it about that role? Well, at the moment, I work in a frailty aspect, so I look after patients over sixty-five. But when I did this role, I've just finished the aspiring clinical nurse role. I worked in a place called Estec. Um, mainly we take patients from A&E in the community. We dealt with a lot of blood transfusions as well and a lot of those patients were cancer patients. Um, and I was looking into more development of myself when I saw this course online. Um, Lydia, who had applied it, started this course at Tameside Hospital. So it was just more for me was looking at the holistic needs for the patients. Um, it was looking at working in the, gr- the program in itself was the fact that you work with the different cancer teams throughout Tameside Hospital. So I'd spend six weeks with one cancer team and then I'd move on to the next cancer team and would see how they supported the patients, how patients are diagnosed, um, the holistic needs assessment that patients have. and. Um, through their treatment and through their journey and how they're supported and the course also I went I did different courses online courses I did the Macmillan course the introduction to cancer I went to university they paid for me to go to university I did a level seven module um, in principles and practice of cancer care and they gave me loads and loads of support and loads of knowledge and the skills that I'd need to see to support these patients the, the the one of the big themes in these in these podcast episodes we're doing about the workforce is is all the schemes and all the projects and all, all the programs around at the moment to actually you know make sure people have the right training but also have the uh opportunities to move elsewhere to move around gm to get involved in different uh different areas how big how big a thing is that for you you know not wanting to be just kind of going down one route you have the opportunity to go and do this training course, do that training course. It was brilliant because when I was with each cancer team, then they were saying, right, well, let's, like when I worked with colorectal, they were like, right, let's put you on endoscopy so you can see all the different scopes, you can see all the different 
uh, investigations that they do. So at least then if you're speaking to a patient who's never had this sort of investigation, you can confidently say, this is what happens. Um, there was also when I worked with upper GI team, I got to work with our local hospice, dietitians, um, again, went to endoscopy. I worked with our specialist palliative team. I also got to work with the research team. It was amazing because you're learning so much and you don't realize what's available till you actually go and do it. And it was just brilliant because it is that professional development as well. It's something that you want as a nurse, you want to know that you're providing the best care for your patients, but you need to have that knowledge. You need to have that skills. And it, it's been amazing. It's, it's, it's just been brilliant, especially with the holistic care and the individualized personalized care for each patient and their loved ones. It's different to than if you're working on a ward. It's, it's been brilliant. Let's bring you in now, Caroline, because you we've talked to you before on this podcast, haven't we, about your, your own bowel cancer. Uh, but well, give us just a quick recap on, on your story. Yeah, I was diagnosed in 2014 uh, and I was lucky that it was caught early as the early diagnosis as we talked about before. So I had my first um, my operation in 2015 and I was able to have a reversal. I had a temporary stoma and I only needed, I came to Christie for four days for radiotherapy before it and then didn't need uh, chemotherapy. So again, it was just get that early diagnosis message we talked about. It was, um, yeah, it was, and it, but it was just, um, I think it was just a bit of a shock because I was young and at the time I was working for and still do work for the bowel cancer screening programme. So I didn't fit the bill. I didn't um, didn't fit the age group, I, my lifestyle, nothing. You know, so it was, it was a, a real big shock um, when I was diagnosed that I, I got that. And what's your experience of of a CNS uh, where did you where do you fit into the story what's your you know, we've heard about the kind of professional side you know how much uh, Lindsay and Haley like really enjoy it love the training love the uh, love the work uh, but yeah, what's your experience yeah and again because I'm um, just saying before to um, with it's from Step uh, Stepping Hill I went to and I'd met Becky who was one of the CNS's I, I worked with after I'd worked with her professionally on health fairs and things so when I appeared for my first consultation appointment Becky was there it was kind of a shock for both of us to see each other then you know in a, in, in a different format so I think so I don't know whether it's because I had that personal contact and the fact that I was a younger patient that just things just felt like it was more of a very very friendly personal service that I received I used to joke that Becky was always there when bad news was delivered every time I used to see the consultant walk in towards me for whatever reason like for example my operation was planned for January 2015 just as um the flu you know big flu thing so they had very much pressures in HDU and everything so my um operation was delayed just by 24 hours but as soon as you know the consultant started to walk towards me Becky was at the side I knew it wasn't going to be new good news things like that so it was always she was there kind of to soften the blow and add that personal touch now I don't know again if that's something that people would always do if you're going to be delivering bad news that the CNS goes with the consultant maybe again to add that personal touch or it was the fact that I'd know I know Becky already and then following my treatment, I was um, 
again, it was like um, just catching up with a friend for um, every six months for five years. I met and it was a different CNS, a lady called Doreen, who, um, again, we used to just chat. I remember her daughter was getting married and I think I was getting married at the same time. And so we, we compared wedding venues, we compared wedding dresses, things like that. So it was just literally, like I said, just going to see a friend every six months. Just happened to take my blood and check I was okay and refer me for a CT scan and things like that. That so, makes all the difference, though, yeah, doesn't it? Because you... Yeah. <clears throat> I was saying before the last time I was I was, I was actually in this in this building was was with my uh, first wife Rachel uh, before she died uh, nearly five years ago now. But you, you, the you know one of my real memories from her treatment is 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 the people you know all the nurses all the doctors they all they've all been trained they all know their stuff. It's the personal touch, isn't it, that makes such a difference in terms of making the experience not bearable. It's terrible, isn't it, making the experience. A little bit less terrible yeah absolutely yeah it was that feeling that you knew you knew what was coming when you went to see them you knew what the process was but it it, it made it it made it okay because you know you knew that you would be getting a friendly face and a and a chat and and looking at those other things so I suffered a lot with bowel control after my um, operation and my reversal so it was then where to go what do we do with that how do we control that and I think it was one simple one was um I'd had some red wine and it just disagreed with me. I couldn't drink it. So my... What a disaster. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's what I thought. I can't drink red wine ever again. But Doreen's response was, oh, if you want red wine, just make sure you take one of your, your, your lapiramide tablets to bung you up before you have the red wine. I said, oh, that's all right then. <laughs> I can still have red wine. <laughs> so Hayley, how much of how much of your role then is 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 actually just dealing with the people? You know, being a friend, being a, a bit, uh, being a confidant for people. So I think it's 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 such an important and vital part of our role. And when we introduce ourselves to patients, we always say we are your point of contact now. If you've got any concerns, whatever you think it is, little or small, please make sure you give us a call. Um, and in terms of the breaking bad news, I think the way you were given bad news is absolutely how it should be. Um, a consultant and, and a specialist nurse are always there because in our experience we find that um, when the consultants have broken the bad news sometimes patients are scared of of asking questions or they don't quite understand what they've been told whereas we'll spend time with them after which I'm sure yeah. is what happened in your yeah, case um, and just spend that bit of extra time with them making sure that they understand what they've been told is there anything they want to ask us and then we always make sure that we follow up a day after because obviously I think that gives them a bit of time to for things to sink in and, and you know and, and they may think of something that they want to ask us at that point yeah because I, I felt so that important. yeah it really is. Yeah, because you felt I always could felt felt like I could pick the phone up. There was a number to call, and I always knew if they weren't there straight away, they'd come back to me. And I felt if anything at all that like I could ever ask at any point, then either Dorian or Becky would call me back. Yeah, yeah. And we, I'm just um, in the process of doing some work at Stockport about breaking bad news because sometimes it's not done as we like. It's not done greatly um so we're trying to put something some official policy in place at stockport so that procedure is followed because sometimes we'll find not so much as a, a clinic setting but if if it's a ward setting it's sort of it's seen as like a tick job that we've got we've got to tell this patient they've got cancer and they tell them on the ward by themselves with that curtain that's 
magic and is made of lead. Soundproof curtain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to do some work around that um, to try and prevent that from happening because part of our job is to support the patients but also to support our colleagues as well because they're not the specialists in that area but we are so we're there to make sure that we're there to ask to answer any questions that anybody's got and to support both patients colleagues families just to make this devastating news diagnosis a bit better what an amazing thing though Lindsay it's it's a really tough gig I imagine this you know, dealing with your delivery news like that, with all the other complexities that you know, this role has, but I imagine a really rewarding thing to do. Oh yeah, it's been amazing, and I think the thing is as well is that they will put you on communication, like advanced communication uh, programs, and that it's not something that they will just automatically expect you just to go in and do that. You need to know what you're doing, and I just think it. It's been so rewarding and just meeting all the different teams, they've been fantastic. And like I said, it is all about the patients. It's all very patient-centered. We need to know everything about this patient. I mean, what's important to that patient, their loved ones. And like I said, they're very big on the holistic needs assessments. It's knowing what is important to the patient and how we can uh, support them throughout this journey, really. And like I said, the amount of support you get as a trainee has been brilliant. I've never been left alone. They've always made sure that I'm always with somebody who's already involved in the job, knows the patient, and it, it's been brilliant. Hayley, what characteristics make up a good CNS? What personal, you know, what personal uh, characteristics do you think make up a good person? So I, I think you've got to be able to stand up on your own two feet because sometimes we've got to have difficult conversations sometimes we have to fight for our patients and I think sometimes you've got to be able to, to stand up and be the advocate for patients I think you've got to be kind and, and compassionate which I'm sure everyone in the nursing profession is anyway but in terms of these cancer diagnoses you know they're devastating um, to patients particularly for our cancer group the prognosis is is very poor so you've got to be able to sort of step back and put your feelings in a box if you like and be there for your patients we have a motto in our in our dreamer group where we say it's not about you because um, obviously they do affect you these conversations but we, we've got to they try should though shouldn't they absolutely absolutely they should affect you you'd be you'd be robotic if they didn't no and there's a time and a place to reflect that so we always go you know if we've had a bad um a bad you know if we've had like a patient or it's been quite devastating to them it, it will affect you but we try to put that in a box and while we support the patient and then we will reflect as that as a team and we support each other that way okay so that was the practical side of being of being a cns let's talk now about the the broader the bigger picture um and I've got with me Mark Folks, who is the UK Oncology Nursing Society president. Hello, Mark. Hello there. Pleased to be here. You are also uh, one of the workforce leads, for, uh, work stream leads, sorry, I should say, for Ascend. And we're going to find out what that means. Indeed we are, even <laughs> if you don't want to. Hopefully. <laughs> In a few minutes. I've also got Claire Clarkson, who is the GM Cancer Project Manager. Hello, Claire. Hi, nice and to meet you. And we've got of Lindsay Turner, because Lindsay, you've been doing a little bit of of some part of Ascend, which we're going to find out all about in a second. So Claire, uh, just quickly, um, uh, CNS, uh, National Cancer CNS Day, what's it all about? Why do we need a day for these these wonderful nurses? 
Yeah, so it um, started last year and it originally it originated in GM really. So it came from our CNS workforce group um, and it kind of came from the idea that not really many people really knew about the role in depth and there was a few misconceptions about what the role was and where it sat within the service. So um, Molly, who's um, my kind of predecessor, uh, kind of took that and moved forward with National, uh, sorry, uh, Cancer CNS Day. They found out that a lot of other alliances around the country were um, doing something similar. So they decided to join forces uh, to create that bigger impact. And basically the day is to showcase the role, highlight how valuable that role is within the service, not only for other colleagues within cancer care, but also the patient. And also to kind of do a bit of myth busting around the role um, and demonstrate kind of how essential it is. And hopefully get any of those that were thinking about a career to maybe ask a few more questions and possibly, um, as Lindsay has, um, sort of inquire about a career in cancer care. Why are they so important? Why are they so vital to this you know, this bigger picture? And you know, we need a day f- to celebrate them. What is the kind of myth uh, that you're trying to bust around them? I think. Um, Especially because my background is I'm a therapy radiographer and I think a lot of the time it's the sort of you think you've got an idea of what a cancer CNS does within a patient pathway but actually um, now being involved in National Cancer CNS Day they're involved in kind of every aspect of that patient journey and they're there as an advocate for that patient so they're that go-to for a patient in a lot of those um, sort of scenarios and situations where they might not be able to get hold of say a doctor or a radiographer they're that go-to person and they kind of are a font of knowledge sometimes and they know kind of the um ways to signpost and help that patient along the way and just give them that support but also they give that support to their colleagues as well so they're kind of a an advocate for the patient but also they're kind of a three-way to other services as well for us to find out about different care pathways and things like that. So I think we need to kind of utilise them within the pathway better than we do as well. Mark, we talked earlier, um, I know you were listening to Hayley and, and Caroline, our patient earlier, we talked about, you know, uh, not just the knowledge side, but that personal touch as well. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. And uh, I think what's important for me is a couple of things, I suppose. Firstly, that your, your CNS role is like the glue that holds the whole pathway together. Because if you're, say have surgery you might not all your nursing team changes pretty much when you when you change wards and you go to oncology and you have chemotherapy or radiotherapy the whole team shuffles about but the people who don't shift about mm-hmm. are your clinical nurse specialist team so they come like like a constant so that's that's absolutely part of their job but the other thing as i'm sure you'll you'll agree with it's a bit like um it's a bit like an iceberg, isn't it? You've got a little bit stone above the surface that looks like this really yeah. nice person who's like really friendly and nice. But underneath all of that yeah. is like a massive amount of knowledge because it's really important that you just, you just can't turn up and do this stuff. You just need to be able to have the skills to do it. But also you need to be able to have the background knowledge so you can ask, you know, people can ask about, oh, that red wine gave me diarrhea yeah. and that was bad. Yeah. But, and then you can have... Yeah. some sort of solutions and talk about that and uh, uh it's really important that there's those two things are in place that you've got good communication skills but also really good knowledge as well and i guess um 
also a level of emotional intelligence too. If you're taking on that kind of be- uh, best mate role, you know, for a person that's going through a really, really difficult time, a really high level of empathy, emotional intelligence, those, yes, those sort of skills are really right. important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I think what we do know about the CNS roles, we know a few things about it. One is that it's really that's that, that it's a really vital role as the glue. But also, and the main thing for me is like patients really value it, and re- and relatives really value it because we know that because they tell us. Yeah. yeah, like every single cancer patient experience survey that comes out, it's about how good the CNS team were, you know how 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 vital they are. To be a, a contact person, but also knowledge. If you if people are distressed, they're the first the first one to get to the phone or the first person to get to the appointment. They'll be there, and I think that's really important. And that's why also that we we need to big it up and make sure it's not that role's not lost and, and actually enhanced. But also uh, we need to be able to make sure that when it's a bit of an aging workforce. You're the exception, actually. Exceptionally young. But uh, if, despite my youthful good looks, I'm actually really ancient. Uh, and there's, uh, uh, and I'll be, I still work as a, as, as, a, as a specialist nurse. But when I retire, you know, people are going to have to take my place. So we need to be able to get new people in. Uh, Lindsay, the, uh, do you get that kind of feedback from patients day to day? Do people tell you just how important you guys are? Oh, gosh, yeah. And especially the amount of cards and thank yous from not just the patients, but the loved ones as well um especially as awful as sadly when a patient dies and the family will phone and say please can you come to the funeral it would mean so much to us if you were there how incredible is that though that for a family to kind of you know to have taken so much out of what you've done at such a difficult time that's why i said to you before it must be such a rewarding thing it's so rewarding and it just means so much obviously as being a nurse you're committed and that's what you want to do. You want to help people. You want to care for them. But to do this, this is a completely other level. It's just what you wanted to do when you came to be a nurse. It's just amazing. It's really lovely. And that's, Claire, why we should celebrate them. Of this course. Is the end, because they mean so much to the patients. And I think it's to remember as well, you know, um, each patient hopefully does have access to a cancer clinical nurse specialist. But they're supporting such a wide variety of patients. So I think days like this, just even CNS teams themselves want to celebrate the team they're working within because they're doing such amazing work and they want everyone to know. But also, it's as Mark said, because we want to inspire that hopefully younger nursing workforce. You know, this is such a rewarding job and it's so varied. And we want to also, with this day, create that peer-to-peer support network for the nurses as well and come together as one you know we all might work slightly different within our trust within our areas but we're all one cancer workforce and that's what we kind of want to do as well to kind of show that collaborative approach and we're all coming together to celebrate this amazing role we know we know nursing's a tough gig you know in so many ways but i guess anything that can that can tell them the people on the front line that they're doing a good job that they're valued that they're important you know it's got to be a, a, a you know a great thing yeah and you know it sounds a bit silly doesn't it just a day to do that we want to do that every day obviously but this day is to kind of highlight that give it a platform and um, to kind of spread the word and just help the workforce kind of get that support it needs and it deserves Okay, Mark, Ascend. <laughs> Let's do this. Here we go. Right, so uh, Ascend is an acronym. 
Yeah, don't ask me what it is. It's the Aspirant well, Cancer Career <laughs> and Education <laughs> Development Programme. Yeah. Um, but just tell us what it's all about. Okay, so um, the Ascend Programme is, the first thing to say, it's very, very big. It starts um, in pre-registration so when people in in nursing terms uh, when they're in 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 university learning to be a nurse a pre-registered nurse it's like that's the start of this program so it goes reaches all the way back there and it reaches all the way forwards to when you're uh, in roles strategic roles like mine or nurse consultant roles like mine where you've got lots of experience but you still need to be developed and what we've found is not just in nursing because this program covers all of cancer care set medicine pretty much um, and what we know is that people uh, want a bit of a route map they need to know where they're going you need to be able to say oh how do I, I this is what I want to do how do I get there and I suspect that you were very lucky firstly but also you did a bit of research and found out this has been offered locally to you and what we want to do is make sure the sort of program that you're going to describe is available more widely and that it's plugged in to uh, curriculums in universities that and what's very important for me personally and I really believe in it that a lot of the roles that a lot of the job if you like a lot of these roles are learnt in practice mm. so they're not something you can learn online at university it's about doing some of that work but also backing that up with practice and make sure that you know it might be that you've, you've maybe not got an experience of radiotherapy for example so how are we going to address that well we're going to send people on placements of radiotherapy so there's lots of things we're working on my particular bit of the of the program that i'm interested in and a work stream lead for uh, is the middle bit when someone just after they're registered as a nurse uh, and they want to develop their skills in oncology. How do we do that, but also take them into the, the area where they want to be a spe more, more specialist? And from that, we want to be able to get them into advanced roles, where they're advanced working at advanced level. So that's, that's the bit that I'm I I interested in, and that's the bit that's relevant today, talking about clinical nurse specialists. So I want to make sure that everybody, everybody uh, gets the opportunity to work at that level, and their jobs are developed to that, to that level. That's what I want to make sure of. It's exciting as well because you you have talked about this in other episodes in this in this little mini series, but it's it's about um, you know giving options to people so they're not maybe just you know sent down one path and that's what you're going to do for your career. You know they can we've talked about blended roles and all sorts of different ways of of you know developing your experience and your understanding. And I guess it's all about that making sure that the very best people get even better and they're versatile in the different roles they can. Uh, take on as well yeah the other thing we want to do is put little milestones in so you can say at this point because we're, we're we're in the middle of and it, it might even be done this week is that we're going to sort of uh, uh develop what we call a qualification speciality so this will be a course which means i am now a practitioner in cancer care this is the first step towards that, and it's pre-registered, pre, uh, so it's a uh, it's a postgraduate certificate or a postgraduate diploma level qualification. You can say right. this is what this is what I've achieved as a springboard, but also a marker down to say this is now my career. Because what we do know is that if we can grab people into a career in cancer early, they stay. And Lindsay, this is all brand new. This program, but you've been involved in in a part of it, a little yeah, pilot of it? Yeah, sort of like a pilot. Yeah, so, so what did that involve? So mine was uh, the 
my was a framework mine was the aspiring clinical nurse specialist framework and I had like said um I was there for a year I still worked in my nursing job and my management had to agree for 15 hours each week to work with uh, the Macmillan team with the CNSs for a year basically I went on different programs and I worked with each team for about six weeks for the whole year and then I've worked with others like I said with the specialist palliative team research and other areas um, and I had objectives to meet I had um, other courses so like I said it was gaining that knowledge knowing all about cancer um, and yet it was it was really interesting it was uh, really good it was just it was a lot of work to take on it was a lot of work but it was definitely worth it because like I said you are getting the skills you being with the CNSs you're meeting the patients you're from the beginning from when a patient's being when you meet the patient from the beginning from when they might have cancer from them being diagnosed going through to MDT having those talks with the patient and going through the treatments and like I said the course has been brilliant it's they put so much effort into yourself and there's so much support and like I said you are developing and I know a lot of the nurses I've met most of the CNSs if they leave it's to go to another part of the cancer services it's not to leave cancer services and a lot of them are getting to retirement age now there's that many nurses there who just enjoy their job and have stayed there because they've loved it that much. Mar, do you find that you have you know a a a, a group of nurses now who are who are just desperate to learn, desperate to get better, and is that's almost sort of driving you know, the uh, the need for you guys to you know, give them the opportunities to learn? Yeah, absolutely right. And I think well, it goes deeper than than, than that. I think I think there's a group of young people, or maybe not so young people, let's call them, uh, <laughs> uh, who want to be a nurses, who want to be nurses, who want to work in the, because we know this because in the at the height of COVID. When it when it when it couldn't have been more terrible, the people volunteering and registering wanting to be nurses is never higher mm. than at that point. So that tells me something that people want to help and people want to do a job that's useful and yeah. feel as if they're contributing. And what better way to do that in nursing than to be a cancer nurse, but also to be a CNS? Is that to me that kind of embodies that approach? It's got to be attractive, you know, from the outside, hasn't it, for young people wanting to come into the NHS, not just the NHS, yeah, but in cancer services is. into nursing. Yeah, yeah I, I really believe it is. We just don't, we just don't big it up. We don't sell it enough, and people aren't given those opportunities yeah. in the way that you were. So that's that's what we need to sort out, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess that's what you know. Things like this, are hopefully, doing talking about it and explaining the role, Claire, and, and explaining how great it is. You know, maybe this is gonna somebody listens to this and thinks, "Oh, I fancy a bit of that." Yeah, and I, I can't tell you how much engagement we've had from teams across not only just England but Wales, Scotland to try and get involved in the National Cancer CNS Day because they're so eager to kind of show what a great you know career it is. Whether you you know stay in that role or use it to go out and as Lindsay said you probably will stick within that cancer area and that's what we want to do is it's kind of myth bust around cancer and cancer care and that you know it's not once you've picked one you'll stick to it once you you're in there's a wide range of opportunity and things like ascend will hopefully help us 
utilize those opportunities so that you know someone can use it as a tool to say look this is where I am this is where I want to be how do I get there what do I need to do to get there and things like Ascend will hopefully sort of give them that little support and hopefully as it embeds will kind of just even grow even further. Well this is we know you know time pressures in NHS are, are massive aren't they people don't have a lot of time to take half an hour for lunch let alone to do a you know whopping big training course so this I guess needs full buy-in from everyone doesn't it to make sure that people are able to do the training that they want to do. Absolutely right and it's not it's a, some of it some of it's around training but some of it is also around about giving people opportunities to learn while they work. It's also about giving opportunities and guidance because the, the things we've done in the past, and, uh, and I think when we, and we use the royal we as a sort of sort of healthcare professionals, we, we put, we give all of these things like uh, the big book of competencies where you sit, where you give them out and you say, these are the things you've got to do to do this job. When in fact, no one ever look, looks at them. They just stay on the shelf in someone's office and they never used. I could tell you that because I've got a few in my office. <laughs> so without, I, could, I could tell you exactly what happens to them. So what this program's about is making sure that we do have these things. We call them capabilities, so they're even broader. But also that that's backed up with a website. It's backed up with things like personas where you can look at who, what do I... What sort of thing do I want to do? Look up that job and you get somebody t- talk, telling you about what that job's mm-hmm. like. You can then say, how do I develop? You can get a little bit of a route map forward. See, so what courses are available now? What do I need to do? Where can I do it? Is it local to me? All this stuff all adds up. So it's very much, a, it's more, less of a book, more like a big toolkit yeah. and a sort of guide, really. So what does the next, you know, year, five years, 10 years look like for Ascend? And for CNSs, I guess. Blimey. All right. Well, I'll go first. And then let's get, let's get, the, cr- let's, let's get the crystal ball out. <laughs> <laughs> so I would think that certainly for the Ascend programme, we're at the we're at the point where we've got a couple of commissions going in. So it's this qualification in speciality is going to go in. That's not just in nursing. That's for cancer care. So that's 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 in 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 process. I uh, don't know how the, what the money is going to look look like so far, but it looks like to me that a lot of that will be funded, so people don't have to fund it themselves, which is another great bonus. Um, then we will uh, the other the pre-registration part uh, is kind of um, uh, uh, being built we've got the sort of assistive program which is really well advanced so people like uh, like cancer support workers and things like that that's part of the whole thing too so that's really at a good state where it's almost ready to go you can look at that on the website and see bits of that and guide your way through so it's it's all pretty much bringing the plane into land really uh, at the moment which is the easy bit right yeah that's really it's dead easy that. i don't know what these pilots talk about uh, but that it, it's the most interesting bit for me because it's about the money and who's going to pay for it and who's how you get access to these things and what universities and blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so this is the the interesting bit that we're that we're working through in terms of the cns role i think that the next couple of years are going to be really important and the reason why it's going to be important is because there's been a been a row but it's an issue festering and that's around are do clinical nurse specialists represent advanced nursing a bit of it seems a bit esoteric really but it's not because what you're saying is that all these nurses who are so valuable and patients sound so useful 
are they advanced nurses? I strongly believe they are, and if they're not, they can be developed into those nurses. I think it depends on people's jobs. But what it will get sorted out via Ascend and via other routes is to make sure people know what they can do to develop themselves. And if we can get that right, it'll attract more people into the role because I think it's such a valuable job. And I think there is a real risk as... You know, thank thank God for people like you who are younger and want to do it. But you know, it's such an aging workforce. And my big fear is the job will gradually disappear, and I really don't want that to happen. Well, let's well let's you know f- finish off there then, Lindsay. If there's someone there who you know, someone listening who thinks, oh, you know, not sure if I fancy that, uh, sell it to them. You know, tell them why it's such a. <laughs> you're a young I, I know person. That's a, you're a you're a young person. Tell them why this is such a great you know great area. I just think it, it's been so rewarding. Like you said, it's the fund, and so I've been a nurse just over five years now, and working in other areas, it's very hard to develop yourself in skills. It's more if you're going to go the managerial route, funding. You, it's very rare to get courses funded. Like I said, I started this course, and straight away they're like, "Do you want to go to university?" We will pay for you to go to university. And they paid for me to go to university and did a cancer course. They've paid for me to do other courses and there's advanced communications. And when you actually do the job itself, so successfully I've applied and got a job as a CNS HPV. And already they're like, right, we're gonna get you on advanced communications. We're gonna pay for your prescribers course. We're gonna do psychology course. You're gonna go on all these courses for us to support you. And that's something that you need because it's great, yes, you've got the skills to be a nurse and you're doing it because you love the job, but you want to develop in yourself and make sure that you've got that expertise for those patients so you're doing the best for your patients. And the biggest thing is you're doing this for your patients, you're doing it for their loved ones. You've got to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. It's, yeah. I think that's uh, pretty much sold it to me. <laughs> Although I may be a bit too old, I'm maybe yeah. No, no, I don't know. I don't know if that'd be for me. But um, uh, Claire, just finally, this is this is important. Actually, you know, we had a little laugh, but actually, encouraging the next next generation, like Mark said, this is really important, isn't it? It is, and if I could have a crystal ball and look forward, what I would want is that we do have that interest within that younger nursing workforce, even if it's not. You know, if we can embed it whilst they're still students and even if they don't go straight into a cancer career, if it's something that we can highlight to them as an option. And just my kind of ultimate goal is for a really happy workforce that is, you know, that has good job satisfaction. That's it. And, you know, nurses are, they do such an amazing job. And I think if we can show them our gratitude and they can feel that value, then I think that's a win for us. Well, I think that just about covers everything that you need to know about CNS is what a wonderful role and uh, lots of great work going on to promote that role and to encourage the next generation of CNSs to come through and take it on in the future as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the GM Cancer Podcast. And thank you to all my guests for contributing. We are back Uh, next week with another one of our four looking at the cancer workforce right here in Greater Manchester. Until then, have a great week.